what makes America the greatest country in the world. Soldiers, sailors, Marines, airmen. Stood up for what was right. First step in solving any problem is recognizing there is one. It's time to start a trip. Dream isn't something we talk about. All we can ever do for our heroes is remember them. And they gave up two lives. The one they were living in and the one they would have lived. They gave up everything for our country, for us. Let's pray for freedom and justice. Only be a war if soldiers are willing to fight. Less than 1% of Americans serving in uniform. Some veterans not getting the timely care that they need. The good news is, is that in recent years, we've made historic investments to boost the VA budget. What is it? Why should we care? We should care about press freedom because... Because we were informed. In democratic societies, free, diverse, and pluralist media enable public debates and are essential checks you don't on look power. Status. Let's discuss. Hey guys, welcome to Vet to Vet podcast, uh, episode 2 of our season number 2. If it's your first time listening, then thanks for coming. And today is a huge topic, PTSD. Um, so what is PTSD, Joe? So... PTSD is the post-traumatic stress disorder. It is a mental disorder that is caused by experiencing a traumatic event. When uh, defining PTSD, a traumatic event is any event where a person experiences shocking circumstances that conflict with their understanding of what is right and good. Events that cause PTSD can, can include actual or threatened abuse, death, physical injury, sexual abuse, violence, accidents, situations that cause extreme fear, and many more. Um, so it doesn't have to necessarily be a deployment or combat situation. Yeah, um, in my own understanding, the way I understand it, I don't. It's probably uh, um, going through uh, medical books and VA explanations that I get to understand what PTSD means. It's not like that's um, just your knee that doesn't function or that's your hand that doesn't function. I think it's something just bigger, a bunch of symptoms with, which can be designed as PTSD. Yeah. So let's go into details, a little bit of history about PTSD and, of course, how VA sees what PTSD is. Yeah. Uh, VA disability benefits for PTSD have evolved over time in response to legislation, scientific advances, political pressure, revised diagnostic classification schemes, regulatory changes, case law, and administrative decisions. Veterans and, and advocacy organizations, researchers, clinicians, politicians, administrators, um, adjudicants, where did I just lost myself? And the citizens with the, will no doubt continue to influence how the United States evaluates and administers this program. For example, current efforts at let's see at change for or reform uh, include urging the VA to place more emphasis on vocational rehab and the treatment versus uh, cash payments, revising the general rating formula for mental disorders to better reflect problems experienced by veterans with PTSD. Establishing a balance between efforts to decrease claims processing time with the need for consistency and accuracy of examination results and rating decisions and considering a veteran's quality of life as a factor in determining the disability rating. Yeah, um, how effective it is. 
um, it's um, difficult to um, say that this or that treatment is more or less effective for this or that veteran, but we can tell for sure that some of uh, VA treatments can affect uh, different uh, groups of veterans uh, differently. So probably something that would work for uh, a veteran of uh, 25 years, 30 years old wouldn't work for somebody who is 60 years old and uh, vice versa. So, and that's, and there is also some kind of correlation that all the veterans get a higher percentage uh, for in PTSD disability. So if you're a younger vet, most likely uh, you're likely you're gonna get a lower rating than somebody who is older. I don't know why, it's just statistics probably. Um, so VA uh, rates all service connection disabilities, including mental disorders, uh, according to its uh, schedule of uh, rating disabilities. And once uh, VA determines that your mental health condition is related to a military service, um, it will rate how severe is your condition. And based on that, you will get a payment and treatment. And so while VA has different diagnostic codes for different mental, mental illnesses, uh, such as 9411 for PTSD and 9430 for depression, all mental health conditions are rated under the same criteria from the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. DSM, uh, currently is DSM-4, but, or DSM-5, but you can look at DSM-4 as well. And it's published by American Psychiatric Association. So we'll explain the uh, criteria below. So what are possible ratings for mental illnesses? Yeah, and so the funny thing, like he was saying, when it comes to the VA is no matter what they want to call it when it comes to mental health, it's all treated the same. And you know if you have a mental condition that it's definitely different than other conditions. So PTSD and schizophrenic are certainly on two different levels and should be on two different scales, but the VA looks at it as all the same rating. So the way they rate you when it comes to mental illness is really anything overall, whether it's depression, bipolar, schizophrenic, anxiety, PTSD, it all goes the same. So VA regulations providing, uh, provide for ratings of 0, 10, 30, 50, 70, or 100 for psychiatric conditions. There's really no numbers in between. While the VA ratings are generally available in 10% increments from 0 to 100, the rating schedule provides that all mental illnesses will be rated as a chronic adjustment as chronic adjustment disorders, with only the percentages listed above. While zero rating doesn't provide any payments, it does allow eligibility for health care and other benefits. And the major thing when it comes to zeros, no matter what your condition is, is you could always argue for higher because they're not going to drop it. So push it and go for higher because if you have a zero for a PTSD or really any mental condition, that should be a red flag right then and there because no one's complaining about a zero percent mental condition. So fight that one. What each uh, rating means, the 100% rating, completely unable to function in society or at work with symptoms such as severe inappropriate behavior ongoing hallucinations or delusions, 
consistent threat of harming oneself or others, unable to remember basic information such as names of close re relatives, severe confusion and disorientation, or an inability to care for oneself. So that's a, a lot of high stuff, but if you hit that level, go for it. And don't be shy about what's going on with you either. The 70% rating, unable to function in most uh, social and work areas with symptoms such as obsessive behaviors, illogical speech, depression and panic so persistent that it interferes with ability to function, suicidal thinking, inability to control impulses including uh, becoming violent without uh, provocation, neglecting self-care such as hygiene, inability to handle stress or an inability to maintain relationships. 50% some impairment and ability to function uh, in society and at work with the lack of reliability and productivity due to sim symptoms such as trouble understanding, memory loss, forgetting to do basic things that they've already told you, poor judgment, mood disturbances, trouble with work and social relationships, and or having one or more panic attack weekly. 30 some trouble functioning um, some trouble functioning in society and at work occasionally inefficient with work or unable to perform work tasks but generally able to care for oneself and speak normally symptoms can include depression anxiety chronic difficulty sleeping mild memory loss suspiciousness and panic attacks and those can be usually less than once a week 10% mild symptoms creating work and social impairment when under significant stress or mild symptoms managing uh, managed successfully with continuous medication and zero is you're being diagnosed with the mental illness but some right now the symptoms are so mild that they're really not affecting you and there nothing's going on yeah and um, because of the um, nature of traumatic experience that uh, some of you um, may you have experienced in uh, combat um, many uh, many of you might have some of those symptoms so just uh, attach your stories to those symptoms and see where you're at at what percentage and uh, what you can claim um, however being exposed to a traumatic event alone it's not enough to be diagnosed with PTSD so there are a little bit more requirements than just being a part of traumatic event. And um, these um, requirements are strictly um, assigned by uh, VA. And so they follow their guidance in order to determine if uh, um, this applies or something doesn't apply to you. And I mean uh, those paragraphs in huge VA regulation books. So, what is the um, criteria number one for PTSD? So that's the the stressful event. S simply put, the con uh, it's a condition or stimulus or a life event that causes or provokes a stressful response in someone. As you witness a stressful event, like combat, or it could be non-combat related, and what you're trying to do is have your claim for service-connected post-traumatic stress disorder approved by the VA. It doesn't have to be an agonizing process so you're just trying to show them what happened and so to determine if you have a stressor the VA rating specialist will look first of all at your DD-214 and see if you were awarded any combat infantry badge 
combat action ribbons or any medals like that that kind of show you were in a stressful event. If the stressor is not found on your 214, then the rating specialist will look at your military uh, 201 file and see if you received anything of the any one of these other medals, like you know the Air Force Cross, the Air Medal with the V device, the Bronze Star, the Combat Action Ribbon, Combat Infantry Badge, Distinguished Service Cross, um, of course the Medal of Honor, the Navy Cross, the Purple Heart, Silver Star, and then. What the VA is going to do is look for further evidence of stressors. So, further supporting evidence of a stressor may be found in your 201 file. This includes like plane crashes, shipwrecks, explosions, rapes or assaults, duty on uh, on a burn ward or grave restriction unit, and POW status. Things like that that could help back you up with what you're trying to prove. Another source of information is the Purple Heart Registry. Of course, if you got a Purple Heart, then something definitely happened and they should have records of it. And the Veteran Health Administration as part of the enrollment, you could use those records and your service medical records, your SMRs, on, to show treatment for these conditions too. So you're trying to sh show in your service what happened. The VA is never going to take your word for it, no matter what it is. Try to prove it with the paperwork. Yeah. So that's would be an obvious uh, uh, criterion or condition that you have to fulfill. Uh, it's just the first one. So what what's the second one? So the second one is being diagnosed with PTSD. And what you're trying to show is something happened to me in service and that thing is still bothering me today. So if you could still show that you were under a stressful event in service and the PTSD is still here today with the current diagnosis, you have better odds. So what you're trying to show there, there's three major requirements for consideration for a claim for PTSD. The, sec the second requirement is a current diagnosis. The people who usually are going to make a diagnosis with that is a, U is a licensed psychiatrist. Um, VA regulations also stipulate that psychologists at the GS-13 level or private psychologists holding a PhD in psychology or related field of study can make these diagnoses also. So. If you go to Kaiser, you go to some outside medical facility that works too, as long as they're doctors. So, and uh, what's the third one? Third one is having medical evidence to link it all together. So for the third requirement when it comes to PTSD, the medical evidence they're looking for is the nexus or the link between the symptoms that you have and, and and your military service shown that that stressor had something to do with it. To determine it, the rating specialist will schedule you for a VA examination or the QT, um, QTC or MSLA if you're around this area in Los Angeles. During this examination, the examiner will ask you certain questions related to your PTSD claim. Based on these answers and review of your claim file, that's where this doctor is going to make the link between your symptoms and your military service. So I tell my guys all the time, and I'll say it too here, don't talk about your childhood, don't talk about bad job, bad marriage, anything like that, because it will try, even though that might be the thing that's bugging you now, talk about your military service, because you know there's a tie in there. But if you're just talking about current things that are making you mad, they're going to blame it on something else and your claim's going to get denied. So make sure you're talking about your military service. Remember you're filing for a service-connected disability claim. Yeah, um, 
So to simplify the three things, I'll give you an example. So um, let's say you went on patrol and uh, you've been shot. Okay, no, maybe not shot, maybe uh, there was a blast or something happened or you see that somebody was shot. So that's an event. Second thing, uh, two years afterwards. So maybe you get in nightmares and you still think about it. That would be uh, um, a link to an event that happened two years ago. So with those two conditions, you uh, two things that's going on with you, you go to a psychiatrist and tell him that here's what happened and it's bothering me right now. And uh, he most likely will provide you with a third component, component. And the third one will be that he actually uh, witnesses and he uh, can uh, document those two things that happen in this year. And here you go, those three components are fulfilled right now. And you can have uh, anything. So uh, if you look at DSM-5, you'll see that it can be a flashbacks related to an event. It can be uh, intense psychological distress uh, to whatever is going on with you. Uh, you might be avoiding certain thoughts or feelings related to an event. Uh, maybe you are unable to remember some, uh, mm, some things that's happened with you, like self, you, you, you wouldn't remember what you had for breakfast or for lunch or what happened yesterday. It just happened. Maybe it's a part of your, uh, of yourself. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's just no natural because everybody else remembers what happened uh, uh, that day or the day before. Uh, you can feel detached from other people. Uh, you can uh, have troubles uh, uh, falling asleep or actually sleeping, being uh, anxious. Uh, a lot of people might irritate you, but they wouldn't irritate somebody else, but they irritate you for some reason. <laughs> it can be a hypervigilance about something. Uh, you can exaggerate things. So those things can be actually attached to uh, that event will happen. So once again, stressor, um, link to an event or like some kind of recollection of that event and that bothering you for today and uh, diagnosis from psychiatrist and that could link to be diagnosed from 0 to 100% for PTSD. So let's say uh, uh, you got all of those and you would wonder how to maximize your rating. Uh, maximized, not cheating, but maximizing uh, following just the guidance and uh, VA uh, regulations. So, how would you do that? Yeah. So, the VA has no set guidelines for mental health ratings based on any specific diagnosis, but instead uses discretion and examines all the medical evidence on your symptoms and uh, functional limitations before deciding on a rating. So, it means it's really extremely difficult to predict what rating you'll receive, especially when you have outside people like, say, like the medical exams that we go through. They're judging you for 15 minutes to an hour, and this is your entire life. And so to actually really understand what that guy's going through throughout the course of his life within an hour, I don't think is real. 
And so there's definitely a lot of pitfalls when it comes to mental health ratings. But you try to do the best that you can, and so you want to be honest with what's going on with you. If suicide is a thing with you, or if those thoughts are in your head, don't be shy about them. You might as well say it now because it might help you in the future when it comes to medical treatment and things that you can do. If you get denied, then there's nothing you can do because they're not going to try to help you. So when it comes to the compensation and the pension exam, um, and you talk to the psychiatrist, avoid, avoid exaggerating or trivializing your symptoms, you know, so don't blow it off, but don't ex exaggerate it either. So, you know, don't walk in there saying, oh, I'm fine, I'm good, when you're stre stressing out, you know, like 10 minutes before you walked in the door. But don't exaggerate it either and try to act like you're wild when you're really not. Because if you've been around wild people, you know who they are. It's, it's no BS. And just be honest and tell them the truth. It's the only way that the VA is going to have proper ratings when it comes to taking care of veterans anyway. So if we're trying to make sure the VA does the right thing, then of course we've got to do our part. Or it's just never going to work. Um, but talk about those little impairments, you know, and all those little things that pop up. And if you talk to other vets, you'll see how common they really are. You could definitely um, use your personal statement when applying for the benefits and they call it a stress letter. And the more details you provide, the better odds you have when it comes to what happened to you and how it's affecting you now. It just gives that guy who's judging you an idea of what's going on with this person's life because all they see is paper. They don't see the truth on anything. And if all you're doing is doing paper and paper and paper after the years, I'm sure you kind of get a little callous with it just naturally so you know try to be honest with what's going on with you and get them to understand what what the true story is so in your own statement you could discuss you know how frequently you know this this is bugging you how things have messed up and how you're dealing with it things like that you would use supporting statements practically saying the same thing about how how they witnessed it affect your life and see if that helps you Supporting statements definitely help, but I think if it comes from a doctor, you're going to have massively better odds. So, if you had 10 family members writing letters, one doctor letter with three sentences is going to be way more important than that. So, focus on the doctor letters more than anything. Um, track your symptoms also. So, like, if you're planning to apply for benefits, start keeping a record of these symptoms. In your calendar, this can help you remember how frequently you're having these attacks. And how it could also be um, help to support your claim. So that's that's true. I know for me I forget to write things down a lot, but I'm sure it could definitely work if you did it. <laughs> so if you can do it, go for it because it would definitely help. Um, you could definitely use criminal records. So some criminal records can be submitted to show that this is a part of the PTSD. So like anger and violence, a lot of like uh, say like DUIs where you've gotten car wrecks or something like that and it became something real but you can show that you had drinking issues after you got from deployment or after that stressful event you can show that there's a link that's been following you so don't be shy about it use it if it's part of your story um, another one especially if you're if you're getting older and you're trying to go for the unemployable performance evaluations with your job so if out of nowhere you see like this guy who was a pretty good hire then all of a sudden, like, something pops off in the news or something pops off at work, and now you see this guy f going down out of nowhere. 
then there might be some kind of link there that he's going through some kind of PTSD moment that he's not being able to get out of. You know, so use it. Um, when you're trying to increase your ratings, basically what you're trying to do is show that that condition is worse. So it's definitely advisable that you have an attorney or somebody like a service officer that will help you in trying to figure out where you're going to fall because you don't want to scream that you deserve 100% if there's no record of it to prove it. Because no matter how much you think you deserve it, if you got no records, you're going nowhere. Yeah, it's advisable to have VSO or attorney, or you can do it yourself. You have enough time in your pocket, take time, examine VA documents, examine what you have, and try to link both together. Yeah. And for the 100% rating for the inability to work, if you're not entitled to the 100% rating under the VA because your symptoms aren't that's severe enough under their guidelines that you're still having problems working and trying to get the basic things done you may be able to get the hundred percent rate if you can't work and keep a job that pays you enough to live uh, above the poverty level so the VA calls that total disability based on unemployable um, based on unemployability so the TDIU you'll hear people talk about TDIU or unemployable it's all the same thing right there and what you're trying to show is that because of your conditions that the VA is paying you for now, you can't work. So don't talk about your heart attack if your heart isn't a part of your service-connected claims. But if the PTSD is a part of your service-connected claim, then talk about how that stress uh, with that mental condition is affecting your ability to work. And if you could prove that, you have a good shot at getting it. Yeah, and uh, also, if you just got out, don't forget that one of the biggest mistakes might be that you file your disability two years afterwards or three years afterwards. Just it's one of the biggest mistakes. Um, just file uh, straight away. So you would expect uh, to get something from VA, even though if it's 0%, it's still zero. It's better than nothing. Yeah. And uh, if you don't have time right now to collect all the documents and collect the dots, hmm, Maybe later, uh, it's going to be much more difficult to do the same things. Yeah. And you're just screwing yourself out in the end when it comes to benefits and the things you deserve. So if you don't have time for it, you're the one that's going to be hurting. Yeah. And um, also occupational uh, impairment factors are more important for VA PTSD uh, ratings uh, purposes. So if... Um, your PTSD rating, when PTSD rating is too low, a common reason that a veteran focuses on social impairment factors and not on the occupational impairment factors. So that's one of the bigger things as well to take, uh, to, uh, to remember. Yeah, so look at the rating scales and make sure that your, what you're arguing fits their criteria. And if you fit in those little boxes, you're good to go. At least you got a good shot. Yep, and... Um, as always, uh, as Joe said, um, most likely people at VA will be looking at uh, paperwork, what they have in hand, and uh, it's what they think about you. It's not that you're sitting in front of them explaining your life story. Uh, it's just paper that got some letters on it, and that describes your current situation, your current condition. So that's why we got to, uh, we have to refer to those uh, DSM-5 books, VA regulations, and sometimes case law, case law, 
And uh, one of the cases that you uh, probably uh, want to look at is... Uh, Marin. Yep. So what it says, uh, what is the key language in this case that you don't have to find all the factors on the list to qualify for a particular rating. You just have to make a case for your symptoms being similar to the symptoms listed at the rating level you believe you are entitled to. So it's not other way to say that you can cheat by saying whatever you want to say. It's just a way to say that you got to connect your uh, current conditions and what you're experiencing to the regulation that VA follows. And also, um, VA PTSD rating criteria is not a complete list of uh, uh, mental condition symptoms. Even though they follow uh, those regulations, you can always make your own case. Well, uh, so one of the other questions that you should uh, be aware of, did the VA examiner consider the frequency, severity, and dura duration of your symptoms? Yeah, and this is one of the ones that CMP examiners overlook most often. So rarely do the CMP exams for veterans with PTSD claim discuss how long the symptoms last or the length of any periods of remission. Sometimes they discount the uh, resilience or remission factors so much so that they change the veteran's diagnosis altogether. For example, we were able to get one veteran a higher PTSD rating by showing that her uh, resilience uh, was not as high as one might think uh, from frequent periods of remission because of the nature of her symptoms. She still had significant social and occupational impairment uh, limitations during the remission period. So even though her her highs were better than her lows, her highs still weren't as good as an average person, so she was still suffering. You know, because the thing you guys got to remember too is like if you've been dealing with this for years, your new normal is not like everybody else's, so a good day for you might still be a bad day for most people. It's just this is a good, this is a better day than yesterday. And so remember that you're kind of used to what you're feeling, so that's how you got to kind of look into like how it's really affecting you. Because as the years go by, it just starts to kind of become a little normal day. Yeah, but those two like resilience and remission factors are kind of things that uh, difficult to argue yourself, so mm -hmm. you got to be some savvy guy to put those two words together and tie to your current situation. That's why sometimes I would say it's better to have a good VSO or attorney or somebody who is uh, kind of familiar with uh, VA terminology and case law. Yeah. So uh, the other question you would like to ask yourself is. Um, did VA consider all the evidence in the record when they gave you that this or that PTSD rating? So more often, in my opinion, I think the VA and the CP examiners focus on the most recent symptomology. The doctor has to look at the whole of the evidence of the record, and one thing you can consider doing is making a copy of any medical re records relating to the PTSD out of your C file and organize the documents from your C file in chronological order and type up an easy to read outline of the chronology of your symptoms. Keep it to one page, 
make it easy for someone to read, even highlight the spots that you're trying to push for. So consider that that guy is probably looking at hundreds and hundreds of records. So if he could just flip through it and he looks at these highlighted spots and he sees what you're saying, you're saving him time, making it easier for you, making it easier for him. So don't be shy. Highlight what's going on with you and make it easy for these raiders so it makes it a lot faster and better odds for yourself. Yeah, to give you an example, let's say somebody is a professional and he's uh, raiding you at VA. So he, uh, and you've been in military for 20 years, so he's going through your record and he probably has maybe one hour, two hours, I don't know. Like, let's, uh, let's say he has five hours for one criteria, which is most likely impossible, but let's say he has five hours to get all the conditions that might qualify you for PTSD rating. And he got to go through your whole medical history of 20 years while you've been 20 years in the military. So what are his odds to, uh, what are his odds not to uh, find something or to overlook uh, one of, one of the things that happened to you. Maybe uh, not the big ones, but let's say he uh, he did overlook something because he only has five hours. But at the same time, you have, you have like a week, two weeks. You're not professional, you're not as good as him. But you can definitely take one day to scroll through your record, second day to organize everything, third to highlight. Then maybe like two more days, three more days to figure out like what actually PTSD is uh, according to VA. And then a couple more days to connect all those things together. So the guy who would rate you later and let's say if he has five hours, he would only need two hours. So just just an idea. Yeah. Um, so another thing that you should consider uh, while getting your PTSD rating is uh, um, GAF scale. And so the GAF scale is a test that it's rates from a scale from a 0 to 100 with your overall psychological and social and occupational functioning. The higher the score, the more ability you have to deal with life and in theory to function throughout the world. So I see many PTSD ratings given without consideration of the GAF score at all, especially recently, say in the last three, four years, it seems like they ignore it completely. Without any consideration of the pattern of GAF scores over time or relying solely on the GAF score, think of the GAF score like checking the engine light on your car. It gives you an indicator that something is going on, but it's not the only thing the mechanic's considering when repairing your vehicle. So. If you could show a history of those GAF scores, at least you have an argument if you have to go through the appeals process or anything like that, because you could show that your symptoms are more severe than what they may have given you. And um, when current claims the GAF score is no longer used, however many VA raters still wrongly use the GAF score in some claims, the appeals based on the law at the time of the denial, which may have involved using the GAF score. So if your claim's been in the appeals for a while, then they may not be, then they may be using it. Recently, they're not really. So, but at least you have an argument when it comes to the history of the severity of your conditions, if you have like that consistent rate number. Yeah. Um, 
Another thing, don't let V rate you based on the absence of some of the factors for a particular level. Right. Um, I really think that if the VA would get away from using uh, negative evidence, I think 40% of the backlog would easily be cleared out. And I think I see this error in nearly almost every case that comes across, especially when you see those lower numbers, those lower ratings. The VA cannot usually consider the absence of evidence as proof of anything. But if your PTSD rating talks about how you didn't have certain symptoms or problems, then you should probably talk to a lawyer because it will be easy for him to clear it up. Because you'll see, especially if, if you're one of the older vets, how come you haven't been rated for PTSD and you were in Vietnam and you got rated in 2010? That doesn't mean that you still didn't deal with it. It's just that was when you first walked, put your foot back in the door at the VA. So if you see something like that in your claim where they're saying that there's a lack somewhere in between, then you might want to push, you absolutely want to push the appeals process, but you might want to talk to a professional to help you out with it. Because that is some red flags right there, I should say. Yep. Um, so let's be my sheet, guys, what we got for PTSD. Of course, that topic is so uh, huge that somebody can probably make a whole podcast just about PTSD. Definitely. But, yeah. re but remember, you guys are talking about service-connected disability so talk about military service stick with the service and how it affects you today yep um so as always joe do you have any information resources like book movies stuff to do you would like to recommend yeah so i've been reading a new book lately called uh narconomics how to run a drug cartel and so far it's pretty good and myself i would suggest a uh, Good movie, great movie. Uh, Man Down came out 2015. Uh, actually, talking about a uh, uh, U.S. Marine uh, vet who is suffering uh, from PTSD, and you can actually perceive the world that he sees from his eyes. And uh, it's real, it's a crisis, and uh, it tells just a story about that guy who actually has PTSD and what's going on with him. It's a little bit dark as a movie, but at least that's a good explanation of PTSD. And as always, uh, words of wisdom of the day. I never trust a fighting man who doesn't smoke or drink. Yeah, said by Admiral William Helsey. Thank you, guys. That's it. Thanks for listening. Uh, until next time, over and out.